God said, I know your battles. I know your battles. I know your battles. It's one thing to just be aware. You know, I, you may share with me something, see, about what you're going on. But to know your battles, that's a little deep thing. See, I'm just aware of, I've just been informed of your battle. But, but God says, I know your battles. He's saying, he's saying, Jackie, I know your pain. I know, I know your scars. I, I see your scars. I see your scars in the mind. The ones that other people can't see. I, I see your scars in your mind. I see your scars in your soul. Mm -hmm. I see them. And God is so mindful of the battles that you're going through. So much so that he's given me this message to really help you to see where the real battle is. I know we've been taught that the battle in the, is in the mind. Mm -hmm. But the mind we've been thinking of is here in your brain. The battle is not in your mind of the brain. Battle of the heart. The battle of the heart. Not the suitcase. The battle of your stony heart that you were born with and the battle of your new heart that Holy Spirit has given you. The battle of the heart. So the purpose for this teaching is this. Uh, it's that like God really wants us to mature. He wants you to grow up. He wants you to mature. I was listening to one of, uh, and I don't listen to my messages often, but I was listening to one this week, and it was speaking of how God is so pleased when we mature. It pleases him. Wouldn't it please you if your, your children start to mature and, and things you asked them to do, they actually did, and they, they learn and they grow? Would, Make it would, not would easier. You, wouldn't you really be excited and pleased? So God is very pleased when you grow, when you're not having to be told the same thing. And then when then you offend it, you know you're wrong, but then you have the audacity to be upset with me telling you that you're wrong. Had you correct yourself, I wouldn't have to come to you, Dina. I'm just saying. Dina said, don't come for her. <laughs> she done all of it. Dina is in, in great standing <laughs> with the Lord right now. <laughs> Amen. So I'm using her... As an example, so people you tend to use as an example, you know they won't be offended. So uh, I tend to go to people I won't offend. <laughs> well, I know that they're in good standing at the moment with the Lord. <laughs> he comes immediately, though. Because, <laughs> you know, at times we, we, we fall off, right? Yep. And as much as you love your parents, y'all fall off with your parents, right? The older, young adults, <laughs> just looking all through you might want to turn around when you say that. <laughs> turn around. And even if you don't say it, it's in your heart. You know, you love your mom, but, you know, she kind of said something you ain't really like. But, you know, you know the dudes, right? You know, right? But, you know. They do. I'll take that. But, you know, I don't want to take it, but I'll take it. You know. <laughs> and there is times this why we have to guard our hearts. We're all due diligence. Because, you know what, you are missing the opportunity, especially the men. Uh, when there's, there's not a father in the home, or you may have a father in the home, but the father's not in the home. He's in the home, but he's not in the home. So, uh, and you miss out an opportunity for your real growth because you resist knowledge. You resist insight, and you resist wisdom because your parents been there before. But for some reason, we seem to think that we do already know it all, and you got, you got it all worked out, and going to be good, right? Wrong. So the teaching is about maturing you as a Christian. And also, it's about stabilizing your heart. It's one thing for, you know, they bring a person in in the ER and their heart is not stabilized. You're in whatever cold, cold red. And if they don't hurry up and get your heart stabilized, I would say we know that you will cease to exist on this earth. And there's a lot of different things that goes on when the heart is it's unstabilized, right? Your, your blood pressure, everything, your organs probably are being affected by your heart not being stabilized. So 
This means that you can't function properly. So that means that you are dysfunctional at that point. So I want you to be functional. Amen. This is where you get dysfunctional families because their hearts are not stabilized spiritually. And Holy Spirit tends to, before he takes a body of Christ in a spiritual shift, the body of Christ has to be in accordance with the will and plan. And God wants to shift us spiritually. But to shift us spiritually, we have to be in accordance with his plan and his timing. Okay? It's time for a shift in your life. It's time for a shift in your life. You have some things that you even desire, but some greater things even that God desires for you, it's time for a shift in your life. And to do that, you have to know what calendar that you're on. You need to know what time of the shift. What time do I move? So I'm, I'm moving with the shift. But we're trying to move on our own. God is asking us not to do this. So we want to talk about a little bit uh, quickly about sight. Because the first thing that we have to change to really be aware of the timing and the shifting is that we have to see. Right. Okay? But this is why he says in Ephesians 1.6, he prayed that the eyes of your hearts are open so that you'll be enlightened, so you have wisdom, have insight to see what you can't naturally see. And this thing here, this has to be the first change. Psalms 104 says this. This is about praise. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Mm-hmm. Be thankful and bless his name. I'm going to give you a revelation on this a little later. It's Psalms 100 verse 4. Enter into, already come with a thankful heart when you come to the gathering. Because if not, see, you get bored, you're tired, can we move on, what's next? Mm -hmm. Because your heart is not conditioned to hold God. It's conditioned to hold other things, the world, games. We've got some grown folks that love games. They play games. It's okay to play games, but not all the time. That shouldn't be what you spend most of your time on, like, Three, four hours, that's a lot of time for a grown man to be playing games. This is why you're not in the Word, because you're playing games. All right? You have to change. So you won't be able to move with the shift because you're playing games. All right? Or you could put that in anything else that's occupying Yeah, we, we could go. It's a long list. Television. Holy Spirit just gave me games for the moment. All right. <laughs> I mean, TV, whatever the thing that you're doing the most. Uh, I don't know. Games is something because games came to me because this is what we're doing with God. You're playing games. That's why he gave me games. He really didn't give me TV or nothing else. He gave me games because this is what you're doing. You're playing games with him. You like to play. How do people like to play? You can enjoy it when you play games, right? <laughs> it's fun, right? It's, I mean, come on, y'all. Come in with me a little bit. It's relaxed. Please. <laughs> Put them shoulders down. It's fun to play games and you know, football, you got, I, so we're getting back on to how you're supposed to enter the house of God. You're supposed Amen. to enter in with thanksgiving. And you're supposed to enter his courts with praise. Mm. See, that's why every time I get up, it's not because I'm really asking you to join me. You can if you want. But this is what I do because this is my relationship with him. It's just not and uh, it's a testimony. It's my life. It's... Everything that I think back on, what all what he has done and continue to do is praise is, is the least I could do. And Mel, mm-hmm. and it's just not these four walls. Mm-hmm. It's my life. It's your life. Yeah. I'm just saying. I don't want him to think that. It's just when I come in here, I do a hallelujah. But what about home? In the car? In the restroom? I'm just saying. It's where you go. Our foundation scripture here, Matthew 15:30, and this is a New Living Translation, but whatever version you have, it's great. Follow along, please. A vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. Simple scripture here, and keep in mind the topic. 
battle of the hearts, right? Keep in mind. And keep in mind about sight and keep in mind about hearts. These are key words I would love for you to walk away with. Hearts and sight. A vast crowd brought to him. Who is him? Jesus, yep. right? Yep. A vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. The scripture is just not about healing. It's about responsibility and your assignment. Go ahead. This is the change that has to happen. The change is that you have to acknowledge and see your responsibility as a Christian. They brought to Christ the maimed, the lame, and the crippled, and the blind, and many others. And they brought them and laid them at his feet, and they were healed. They brought not only about being physically lame and maimed and blind and crippled, but spiritually. Evangelism starts in the pew. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Evangelism starts in the pew. Go ahead, Mel. Because we have maimed, we have lame, we have the crippled, and we have the blind mm. in the pew. Mm, mm, mm. Evangelism starts in the pew. How can I ignore the cripple that's right here in right the pew? Here. And I leave out and go to the hedges and highways and compel them to come in. I have those who are beside me who are maimed. Maim is a deep thing. Because that means not only are you missing your limbs, but how it came about was so tragic. Disfigured. Left you disfigured, confused. Main people are, in the spiritual sense, confused, and they're emotionally hurt. Mm. Main. Go ahead. Say that. You're going to evangelize in the highways and the hedges for what you believe with your sight was crippled and was main and was blind. But you have some in the pew who blind and don't see Jesus. They don't see Jesus in the pew. And you can't be blind or maimed or lame yourself evangelizing. Blind leading the blind. It starts here in the pew because when the maimed and lame and blind comes in, they're going to need help. And you can't have the blind leading the blind. That's right. I need, I need my evangelist to receive this. Because it's a very deep thing. The blind would ask. Anyone else who were healed didn't beg and plead. The blind pleaded. Mm-hmm. They would cry out to Jesus. Jesus, heal us. Jesus, they beg. Mm. Then you had two blind persons sitting on the outside of a, a corner of the street together. My question would be, why was two blind people hanging out? Mm. It's symbolic to the mm. body of Christ. The blind is hanging out with the blind. Mm. No one can see. When you're crippled, you can't walk. So spiritually, you can't move in the spirit. We're so emotionally moved when we see someone physically crippled. Oh, what happened to them? And how to pray healing. But you miss the person straight in the church. Right there. And then I had a head-on collision, and they paralyzed from their neck down, lame, blind. Then you have most of them that can't hear. Been in church all their life, and something happened to them. Now they can't hear. They're dumb. And nothing that you tell them, they can hear because they're dumb. Not in intellect, but in their hearing. And you're wondering, why can't they hear me? They're hearing impaired. Evangelism starts in the pew. So what does it mean to be blind? Blindness means that you have a lack of spiritual intelligence. That's what it means to be blind. 
it also means that one day you could be saying, okay, this day you can see. You got to check in the mail. Oh, God is good. Mm-hmm. Any good? Go ahead. Next day, things going bad, don't have no money. You're blind. Can't see. Mm. And neither can you hear because you don't want to hear the word of God. Why must we know that we're blind? Because you're, you won't know your focus. You can't focus on your call and, and your position in Christ. You, you don't know your identity. You can't see your, your own identity anymore. You look in the mirror, you don't see you. Mm-hmm. You have no focus of your destiny. Mm. This is why you need to know when you're blind. We're talking about spiritually blind. Spiritually. Why are some people really successful at doing things and others not? Because some are they're visionaries. They can see. Others are not because they're not visionary. They can't see. This is why a person who is not a visionary don't need to hang out with another blind person. They need to be with a visionary because it's just not in you to see. I need to be around someone that would... Lead, take me by the hand and lead me as Jesus did the blind man. He took him by the hand and he led him. After he begged and said, I can't, Jesus, Jesus healed me. And not only that, he led him away from all the other people that were around him. And he, he spat and he put mud in his eye. He said, can you see? He said, I can see, but I, I see men as trees. So he did it again. He said, can you see now? I can see clearly. I see the man clearly now. What he was saying that now, I believe. I believe. Not because I can see now, but because I see you. My Lord, my Lord. Within two years of being around God, you should know what you've been called to do. Within two years. So how do I know that I'm blind? You hang around other blind people. You can't see. Good gracious. It's Matthew 20, 30. He's with these two blind men. They was hanging out together. Nobody can see. Most of the people around you, they aren't going anywhere. Mm. Blind. You find someone that keeps helping you rehearse your issues, and you don't have, or they don't have a prophetic word for you. Mm-mm-mm. This is how you know that you're blind. You're hanging around people who are not only blind, but then they keep rehearsing with you your issues. We sitting together keep talking about our issues. I'm blind. I can't see nothing. I know I can't either. (laughs) I can't make it to the store. I know. I've been trying to go to the store. Should we try again to make it to the store today? Mm-mm. We let's, can. Let's we tried last week, but we didn't. We didn't make. We just made it out in the yard and almost got hit. So let's go back in the house. But we're still together. The blind. He <laughs> said, "Keep rehearsing all your problems together." That's why it's not good. People think in society. Okay, let's form a group of all people who have Alzheimer's. This is not like people of. Like precious faith, they all have Alzheimer's. They forgetting. You are holding a meeting with just that group of people. Everybody got vertigo. And I just forgot what I just said to you. And you just, because that's not going to work. I need to be around someone else who's not in the state that I'm in so I can help them and they can help me. Because it's still something with that person that may have Alzheimer's, that they can help you. But you, you both can't have a, a lapse in memory because who's going to help who? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, choose your family and friends carefully. It's, it's not like I'm not going to go visit, but this shouldn't be my time where I spend most of my time. Amen. See, I love my family, but if, that, if I have someone who's blind and I'm blind, I'm not going to spend most of my time with the blind. I'm going to visit, but that shouldn't be the bulk of my time. And then I'm going to even encourage that person to be around someone else who's not blind so they can grow. Amen. Amen. Because that person can hear. Because you lose sight, your hearing is more keen. That's right. Yeah, one would compensate. 
Stop being around people who keep rehearsing their issues and you rehearsing your issues without no resolution. True vision and true blindness. True vision and true blindness. Like I was saying, Jesus actually heals us from blindness so that we can see him. Amen. See, you, this is why you still don't praise him like you should because you, you can't see him. That's right. This is why your praise is not endless because you can't see him. See, you can stop right there. Someone just give you a, a check of $10,000. I'm trying to tell you the quietest person in here would not be quiet. Sure wouldn't. Because I wouldn't either. But because you can see it, you can see the $10,000, right? But God is, he's over and over. And he, there's no measurement to his goodness and grace, his greatness. But for some reason, you just won't give him that kind of praise. Just can't do it. So John 9, 35 through 38 talks about the, the man being blind from birth. So there's a lot of different blind people here. You need to ask just why were so many people blind? Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He said this to the blind man. He answered and said, Who is he? Like some of us are saying, Lord, that I may believe in him. You're saying, Who is he? That I may believe in him. I have a job that I go to with my high status, and I'm a director of marketing communication at Oldham University. Who is he that I need to give an offering to, who, who is he that I should believe that I give an offering that he said he's a, he'll fill up the, the wounds of heaven that I wouldn't have enough room to receive that blessing. Who, who, who is he? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Mm -mm -mm. My goodness. So you're saying, and your situation with what you're going through, where is God? I don't see him in this. He said, you have seen me, and you've talked to me. Mm, mm, mm. It is I. You pray. Mm -hmm. When you wake up and realize you have all your faculties, you, you have seen me. Go ahead. And you have talked to me. And when you leave out the room and go talk to your mother, Destiny, in the morning before you go to school, he said, you have seen me, and you've talked to me. See, we don't know when we, we see the other part of the body of Christ that you're seeing Christ himself. He said, and you, David, and you have talked to me. You've seen me. And you look at Darius. He said, and you've seen me. And you've talked to me. And when your wife talked to you, she's seen Jesus and she's talked to him. We, we don't. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, yeah. See, but this is why I rejoice. So when I see the brethren, I see Jesus. And I've talked to him. Forsaken out to some of yourselves together. Then he said, he said this, Al. Lord, I believe and I worship you. Amen. That's verse 38. Lord, I believe, he says. I believe. And I worship you. He didn't say he'd be quiet. He didn't say he'd just sit there. No. He, he said, said he worshiped him. And I worship you. Shaha. Oh, my Lord. To see, we have to see the real Jesus, not the church Jesus. To see truth is something else. This is what happens to me. I was telling someone this other day. When I, I read the word of God, and it makes me laugh. I, I have joy because I, I, see, I see promise. Amen. He imagined that moment. You look at your, your boys and you see promise. Amen. It's nothing like when a, a mother look at her child and she see promise. No matter what he's doing or saying, just like the father, he sees promise to you. In spite of your battle, he said, I, I see the battle that you're in. I love what Pastor said. We were discussing you, Al, this morning. And Pastor said... <laughs> He says, I love Al. He said, um, he, has, he has had some battles. He said, I've seen his battles, and I love him. I love him. I could hear, and I, I heard God speak. I just heard God speak. Because when God speaks, you, do, you, do you all know this? When God speaks to you, he causes you 
to respond to his spirit in a way to where there's no words. And my heart is saturated with so much love that I just weep. It's, it's a love thing. So when I hear God, I hear the epitome of love. And so I have to ask the pals to stop. Don't be quiet. Because the love that he's, what he was saying is that I see all of Al's past mistakes, his struggles. He said, but I love him through it all because I, I see his battle. I see his battle. That, that, so that's, that's a revelation. I see his battles. I see when he wants to give up. He said, and that's what God says. I see when you, you want to give up. I, I see when you, you feel like you've done all you can. He said, I see that. I see the war that goes on inside of you. I see the anguish that goes on inside of you. And the Holy Spirit says, and I grieve. I grieve for you because you're trapped in this flesh. So I grieve for that. But I also rejoice because of the greatness which is myself, I put inside of you. But I know the battle. I know the battle of the flesh because I had to take it on. I know the battle, son. He said, but I'm well acquainted with the victory. I'm more in tune with the victory that's inside of you. And even this, the flesh shall be destroyed. Amen? Amen. But until then, this is why he has baptized you with his spirit. It calls you not to respond to your flesh, but to the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. That's the victory. I love God. I love him. <laughs> you should come in this place of worship always with an escalated praise. Your, your praise should be so, so up high that you, somebody tell you, sit down. Bring that down. <laughs> I mean, it's like you, you trying to do a three-pointer. Can you, can you sit down with that? Can you sit down? Is God really just that good? I mean, for real, did you have to praise from the front to the back? Can someone stop this screaming child, this woman over here that won't shut up? She all in my ear. Can someone get feet out my ear with, with her, her thunderous <laughs> clap from heaven? <laughs> See, it's, it's, it's the, it, you the know, and you know, then, then you, got, you got Whitney. She have a well that circles the whole oh, circumference God. of the earth. Can, can someone <laughs> get her? But God requires that type of praise. Doom. It's time to experience the presence of God. And this is what the blind man said when he got healed. He went into the, around other people. He says, it wasn't. Among the other people where I got healed, I, I was healed in the presence of the Lord. Mm. I was healed in the presence of the Lord. There have to be a spiritual intervention in our life. And the time and the hour is now. Amen. It has to happen because the hour of manifestation of what God has called you to do is at hand. And it must happen now. God has called you. He's called you for a purpose. And in your case, he's called you not only all of us as ministers, Everyone. but you in the office of evangelists. Called you to do that. And doing so, he said the hour is now that we mature in that so that you be able to now be manifested in what God has called you to be. And not right. only in words, but in demonstration. Amen. Amen. So now we're not just talking about it. He said, he said it has to happen now. Your, your call has to happen now. Now. Your kaleo. Your purpose has to happen now. Because evil is increasing more and more. We need your call to happen now. We need it to manifest now. Now. Mm. The ones that are sitting there, they don't think they got a call. The ones that are sitting there, they're like, um, you're not talking to me. Yes, you are the one we're talking to. Samson, when he actually cut his hair off, and he also lost his sight. And with that being said, uh, after a while, his hair grew back, and he was placed in a dungeon, and he asked the Lord for his sight to be returned. And God said, no. He said, it's not your sight 
BK. He said, it's your insight mm. that you need. Mm. It's not your sight. <laughs> it's your insight. Because your sight, your sight is tricky. Yeah. yeah. You, your, your senses tend to go to it. Go ahead. Your, your sight always causes, causes you to, to play. It causes to you to, to play tricks on you. Yeah. It plays tricks on you. Your sight. Mm-hmm. It plays tricks on you. A lot of illusion. Photoshop. <laughs> your eyes are always going to look at stuff, and you're going to speak contrary to the word. Oh, your bad. eyes is always, young man, going to look at the wrong stuff. There you go. The go wrong ahead. woman. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Your eyes is always going to hem you up. Men and women. All right. Your eyes, because your eyes have a set image. That's right. That pleases you. Do it not. <laughs> you, you ain't got to ask your, them that. Your everybody eyes. Know that. You ain't got to go there. Your eyes is going to play tricks on you. Your eyes is looking for stuff. It's looking for stuff. Mm. It's looking for stuff that's against the word of God. Mm. Your eyes. Nothing about your eyes line up to the word of God. (laughs) That's right. Go ahead. It's set up to be contrary to the word of God. Mm. This is why God has to give us insight because it's your insight. Listen to this. It's your insight that will cause a manifestation to override what your sight is saying. Your insight will override your natural sight. The sight of your heart, the new heart that God has given you, will override what is not right for you. He said, you don't know what's good. This is why I've given you Holy Spirit. I don't care how pretty or how handsome he is with all the ripping abs. And I was, you know, into the abs and the, you know, tight edge up. That's me, right? So much, he, so he, the edge up is perfect, just bald now. Got one, so. one consistent edge up. <laughs> just one line, just one line. No lines, actually, no lines. <laughs> so you got to be, got to be mindful what you pray for, I'm just saying. You know, you, you got to say, I want the edge up to stay. It was temporary. <laughs> It was temporary manifestation. That's it. So I'm just saying. I'll tell you. You just got to be. You got to be strategic in your prayers. <laughs> and you got to. Then when you pray freely, you got to say stay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pray. Go to where? Don't change up on me. <laughs> stay. Oh, that was a new one for me. I like that. I like that stay. That would be my status. <laughs> pray or stay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, it overrides your insight. <laughs> I'm gonna get y'all back. It overrides. It overrides your natural sight. Okay, you tend to go like this. I got a word from God, and I don't see it. Right. That's that's what to do. How do I know it was even from God? Mm. We say that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you an insight on that. There must be a tampering with the image. Of it for the sake of the trickery of the eyes. Now, you know you better slow that down for that one. You better slow them down on that one. Slow that that down. That just went right out the window. Slow that down. Okay. God give you something. Give a word for your life. All right. You want to know, is this word from God? You know. How, and then how do I know that this word is from God? So you go and ask other people. Wrong. Even, I mean, I'm just saying, Pastor. Even probably come to Pastor. Pastor, I got this word. Teacher, I got this word. What do you think? Or you go to the person that got some word too. Y'all both kind of look at each other, but this was a word. So, <laughs> uh, what we're going to do with this word? But is this from God? This is the proof. There must be a tampering of the image of the word that was given to you. For the sake of the trickery of the eyes. Okay. Now your eyes have to be tricked 
What's happening is that your eyes, normally, your natural eyes normally trick you. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you're going to trick your eyes. <laughs> Y'all have to download In this it. case, you're going to trick your eyes. You are. So when you see something that's contrary to what the word that was given. So let's say, you, whatever. Uh, you start seeing, looking at something else and stuff look good. And stuff look good, but it's not the stuff that God said. So that's messing with your, the word that was given, right? Mm-hmm. So we know that this is what's trying to happen now is that your eyes is trying to trick you. So what you do with the insight of the word is say that, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. I really see. Because with the word that was given, this now is causing me to look at stuff and away from the word that was there given. There you go. There you go. Oh. And so now I see and I know that this confirms that this is a word from God because now my sight, my natural sight, is trying to trick, trick me. But because I don't respond to my natural sight, it causes now an override of my brain for now for me to see I'm supposed to see because the eyes of my understanding have been enlightened, which is in my heart. I'm just saying. Wow. I, I don't lot. know that they understand that. But you have to be sensitive to see that it's the trickery. <laughs> the enemy must be permitted to tamper with what God the has word. given he you. He will do it. Yep. He must be permitted to Tamper what God has given you so it won't look like what he said. So he'll send you the imagery. So he'll send you another image that that stuff looked good. It looked better than what God gave you. Oh. Okay. Okay. They got it now. Uh Uh-huh. And so Mm -hmm. now you're saying, oh, this word is of God. Because my sight now... It's trying to trick me, and I know the, en- the enemy has been permitted to do this. And I'm seeing another image that looked better than what God said. For instance, something is this. It's something as simple as this to say, okay, I'm going to sow. First of all, oh, I don't, I only have, if I sow, I sow $40. I'm only going to have $20 for the rest of the week. So, right. So that's what you see. Yep. And the enemy has permission to tamper with that God says that when you sow, how you will reap 30, 40, 100 folds, depending on the person's heart and how it was sown. Mm-hmm. But the enemy brings you an image where you see nothing. He's tampering with the promise. I ain't got no guess. I don't have no gas. So I'm tampering no with the food. promise of the word of God. And sit, well, you have to do, go back to the word of God, what it says. 10, 30, 100 fold will I give unto you. Now, what you do, you cause now for that to be tampered with, what's tampering with you, you now bring tricky to your own eyes, which is the word of God. I, I'm... My time is so like there. Yeah, it is. My time is, man. See you, see you next wow. week. Wow. See you next week. Wow. Wait a minute. I, I, I'm going to leave. You got enough right here. I'm going to just leave you with this because this is a lot more. I, really I have is. to, with the heart, I, I do need to give you a foundation scripture here, and then I'm going to give you a scientific fact about the heart, okay? And a test for next week. So... Our supported scriptures here, Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27. Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27. And I'll read it. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. And I will take out you stoning, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Mm -hmm. 
talks about the stony heart and talks about the heart of flesh. Uh, I will talk a little later about the details of the new heart of flesh, and I will talk about the natural heart, and I will go into details about how to receive in that new heart as well as some type of scientific facts. Uh, I will give you this before I leave. Uh, wow. That the heart actually thinks. It's one thing said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But you don't really know how the heart really thinks, right? Mm. You just said, okay, I believe that. But there is scientific fact that the heart thinks. Okay, did you know? Okay. You knew, Fee? Some of the students. You know how? Okay. Okay. <laughs> you funny. I love my students. You guys are funny. Here's the scientific proof the heart thinks. There's 40,000 neurons in the heart. 40,000. Scientific fact. If there's at least 20,000 or more neurons, endings, it's it is actually classified as having its own mind. Scientific fact, your heart thinks. Because your heart has 40,000 neurons in it. Look at that round. And science says if you have at least 20 or more, it's considered to be classified as its own mind. That's what's really deep for me. But I'm going to teach you guys how to... I want to give you another scientific fact, too, here about the heart. The heart does this when it thinks. The heart does, this is scientific. The heart sends out a 10-feet radius. Mm -hmm. Come on, Al. And I want you to take a maybe, okay, go down there. Take from me. Do 10 steps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Stop and come around. So when a heart thinks, it sends out a 10 feet radius. Anything around. around it within 10 feet, it has to respond and be affected by the heart. What the heart is thinking. what the heart is thinking. To confirm the words science does, it, it heavily supports the word of God. It's that right. the word of God says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Why? Because God said so. Not only that, because he has science to prove it. It's that no weapon can get within 10 feet radius of me. <laughs> this is why. It doesn't prosper. Because <laughs> as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I think in my heart, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Within 10 feet radius of me, no weapon can come towards me. No weapon formed shall prosper. It's so much that goes on with the heart. We have no clue. It's such a deep teaching. Um, oh, wow. Oh, Jesus, help me. So when you praise, again, praise is a weapon. And nothing, again, within 10 feet radius, when I praise, can come against me. And then this is why when people praise, you feel the urge to praise because you're 10 feet within me, and you're going to be affected by my praise, it's whether you, whether, see, whether you actually praise or not, you're affected, you know why, because you're resisting the praise, there you go, you're still affected, you're affected by it, if you don't, if you don't flinch, you know why, because it's a scientific fact that the heart, which has 40,000 neurons in it, it affects any. This is why sometimes you walk past a person, you think you feel something. Mm -hmm. Because you know why? You do. You're affected you by do. their hearts. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, this is how you can get that love at first sight. Boom. Just really lust at first sight. But anyway. 
You do feel it. Or you feel somebody, you walk by and you feel something strange. You feel something strange. The enemy himself cannot get within 10 feet of a believer's heart. And when he does, Al, he get hijacked in the spirit. He get hijacked in the spirit. That's okay. right. Okay. He get hijacked you in the spirit. You better find some praise Well, you know, see now, it caught her off guard. See that? What happened was the word made contact. It made contact. And this is what happened in the heart. The heart actually does this. This is where it's conceived. This is where it's produced. This is where it's birthed in the heart. Amen. You and they're being affected you can, right now. You can have a seat because this is real. Everybody. This is real. A true believer. A true believer. This is why praise is so important. The enemy Celeste cannot get 10 feet to you except he's hijacked in the spirit of God. I thank the Lord. Even a devourer that still tries to come. He can't come within 10 feet of you, star, because of your heart that's connected to God's heart. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. You thought in your heart about the dance studio. And so within 10 feet, pastor, heart was affected by it. And he had to produce what you said. Not the question no is, what are you saying in your heart to affect people? He has said, I've given you men for thee and people for your life. I've given you men for thee and people for your life. If you need scholarships when you go to college, I've given you men for thee and people for your life. It has to be in your heart that you're thinking, I need scholarship. I'm calling scholarships to me in the name of Jesus. And as you walk past certain people within 10 feet radius, they're going to discern, wait a minute. I, I was just, I, I don't know you, but oh, uh, I'm, I'm just thinking I have a couple scholarships for you, uh, football, you know, basketball. I, I, can you come and talk to me? And you're a like, job. What, what happened? A job? What happened? I was thinking in my heart, and you were affected by what's in my heart, and you are commanded to obey what God has placed in my heart because he has placed in my heart eternity. And he See? used men... And people for your life to bring those things to pass. What are you thinking in your heart? Friendly, the enemy can never get to you again if you walk in complete belief and faith. He can't get within 10 rays of you. And then he's hijacked in the spirit, girl. I'm trying to tell you right now. Now start speaking and thinking the word of God. You can't penetrate. You can't penetrate the heart of a believer. So it guards it. You, it normally says, guard your heart with all diligence. When you guard your heart, it guards you. Which is the heart of God? Which is the heart of God? I'll see you guys in a while. And when I do that, I'm coming back with more of what God has given us with the, the battle of the heart because the battle of the heart is, is the spirit that God has given you, which is the heart. And then you have your heart, which is the stony heart, and they're going to battling days. So this is why one day you're up, next day you're down. Damn. Because the hearts are battling. There's a battle of the heart. This is a person who, who's, who's addicted. They want to stop, but it's a battle of the heart. It's not the brain, because we're thinking of that mind, that the brain is only educated by outside information. There's no insight in the brain. There's no insight in the brain. Because your members of your body educates your brain. You get information on the outside of you with your brain. But with the mind of the heart, it's pure insight and spiritual intellect. 
that cannot be, de- it cannot be defined. It can't be looked up. That's why he said, I am. Just call me I am. The wisdom that's inside of you, Jay, that God wants to let loose. He said, that insight. He said, so there's no more battle with the heart of stone and my heart that I've given you that caused you to respond to my word and not contrary to my word of God. He said, there's going to be revelation knowledge that's going to be released to you. Insight that you never had before. What to do? It's going to come to you just like that. Come to you just because your heart has been clean and, and sprinkled to respond to the word. It, it's, it, doesn't, it won't have the capability to respond to the things of the world. See, our heart is conditioned. When you were born, your heart was born a lie. Because your heart was born in a fallen state. That's right. Your heart the nature of it. came in a lie. And it lies to you. Your heart lies to you. Still do. It's deceitful, the Bible says. He said, who can know it? Who can know it? You don't even. So he said, you don't even know yourself except you have the heart of God. That's why you can say, did I do that? Or you say, I can't believe, believe I did that. why you did that. Or why did a person want to know why somebody killed a loved one? Why, why did they do that? I just want to know why. why? He's in my words. Can, can I, I speak to the, the killer of, of my child? I just want to know why. The heart was birthed in a lie. Most deceitful. Even from itself. The heart don't even know itself. Thank you for coming out today. For balance of the heart, I pray that the word of God has changed your life for the better. I pray that the incorruptible word of God has brought you to a place to where you can see the great need to mature in the spirit. So that you can see and have the insight of what's best for you. Not what you think is good for you. Because you are seeing with the perception of God and not with your natural sight. Amen.